is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Welcome back to another episode of Vocal Perspective. I'm Chris. I'm here with Amanda. Good Hello. evening, everybody. I am so excited to be back for another episode, and I am bringing on one of my favorite people, and soon to be, I hope, one of your favorite people, Miss Sandy Wright. Welcome, Sandy, to our show. Hey, thank you. What a pleasure. I'm such a fan of the show, so I feel like I'm a fangirl of both of yours. Uh, so meanwhile, really when great. Chris and I heard that, we were fangirling. We're like, what? Who listens to our show? <laughs> it was great. It's seriously, I have been following Sandy for as long as I can remember as a barbershopper. Sandy comes from the acapella world of barbershop and she spans a few decades, even though when you look at her, you wouldn't think she's anywhere close to her age, but she is proud and she teaches us so many wonderful things about the aging voice. She also comes with just years of director's experience as well as chorus member experience. So don't let that fool you. She's not just behind the scenes. She's right there in the front row. And she also is a woman who has brought her family up in this acapella crazy world. And we just had her beautiful daughter on with us. Well, daughter-in-law, but she's a daughter to you. Wendy was on just how many episodes ago, Amanda? Just a handful. Don't make Ah. me count. It's summertime, Chris. I know, right? I can't even (laughs) do math right now. So, Sandy, welcome to our show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. We usually start the show off asking people the age-old question, how did you get into acapella? So, can you give us the Cliff Notes version of it? Absolutely. I know that you just mentioned that I've raised my kids in barbershop and in, in acapella, not just barbershop, but my parents were in it. So I'm actually a second generation. I joined my mom's course in 1969. I was just a young girl and interested in singing. And I thought I wanted to be a musical theater person. But, you know, you just get hooked on that sound of the human voice without orchestration. And I was hooked on acapella and barbershop all through high school and joined at that point. Have you always been from the St. Louis area? Is that your home, born and yes. raised? Yep, wow. St. Louis is home. Mm-hmm. And, and, what and it's a, a hotbed of acapella. Yeah, acapella. what a thick tradition of acapella from the collegiate areas in St. Louis, always right. being such a tight acapella scene, but also in barbershop. Mm-hmm. Sweet Adeline's, BHS, for those of you who listen to all the different barbershop shows, Gas House Gang is from that area, the Ambassadors of Harmony. Total and Sandy yeah. is the uh, better half of her combo. We, we always like to say, David would, would say the same, but her husband is a very well-known composer, or arranger, I should say, and composer, but arranger <laughs> in the hobby, David Wright. But Sandy, tell us about that first experience for you as a young lady, just walking into a chorus full of very prominent barbershoppers. And how did you make your way? It was tough at first because as a young person, I was only 19. So you walk into a chorus and it's full of mothers, you know? Uh (laughs) I mean, some of you young people will identify with this. So you go into a chorus and not only my own mother, but Everybody else was my mom's age. I was the youngest person in the chorus. I happened to find a couple of other youngish people, and I immediately got into quartetting and loved it. And I think that was my springboard to staying, was the actual quartet experience. And I got some success. I was international champion at 28 with a group called the Tetrachords. And then in 1982, when we lost our director, I stepped down off the risers to become the director of St. Louis Harmony Chorus. 
Express, which was a part of Sweet Adeline's at the time. So that's the rest is kind of there. And I have to know, because we have so many guests on our show who come from these very extensive music education backgrounds. Did you ever think, is that what your degree was in? Or I don't believe it was, but you have to tell me what you were studying. No, I was studying marketing and public relations. I went to school for a communications degree. So it was in everything I learned about singing and music. It was from Sweet Adelines and the barbershoppers that I knew and all the education you get brought up in. So go to school right. and learn how to direct. So you go to school and learn and you have coaches that teach you how to do it right. And now I'm a coach myself and, and I direct and a judge Harmony too, Incorporated. right? I'm a judge in three different organizations. So yeah. I'm the only one. I mean, it's, it's kind of only cool, one. kind of cool yes. being out there, but I was always, I was raised in the women's liberation movement. So always was kind of out as an activist for women. So when things opened up for women in Barbershop Harmony Society, I jumped in. And you know, there was a time when women weren't even allowed to go to the men's conventions and sing in the hallway. I mean, that was not acceptable. So much has changed. Now it's everyone in harmony and things are so different. But yes, the new category in Sweet Adeline's is called visual communications. I like it better than showmanship. Yeah, Yeah. it's gonna, we haven't even started judging it yet. That's gonna take effect in the spring. And then with Barbershop Harmony Society and Harmony Incorporated, I'm a performance judge. So I'm actually able to judge just about any barbershop event and have even done some collegiate acapella contests. So I've gotten to know Deke Sharon quite well because he and David have done arrangements together. Yes. So we, so he's my bud. Chris and I sing one of the, well, actually now that arrangement is all of Harmony Inc. sings that arrangement of Deke and uh, David's Change, change, change the, the World. world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That has a base part that I wouldn't, I'm glad I'm not a base. <laughs> I told David it hasn't, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't, there's no way to get that. So anyway, <laughs> that's my musical background. So wonderful. Now, most people may know you from Ambiance. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Because you already had some of the success and now you're in this new quartet, right? Yeah. And we were just all good friends. We knew we weren't necessarily in the same town. We were kind of spread out in the Midwest, Chicago and Decatur, Illinois and St. Louis. And so we knew each other just because we, you you know, how acapella is. You get to know everybody in all the organizations and all the groups and you compete together. And we just happened to find ourselves without a group to sing with. We were the ones that would stay up late at night and sing by ear, woodshedding, just kind of pick out tunes from other people's recordings. And we decided, hey, it's sounded pretty good. Let's form. So we entered our first contest in 1986 in regional. You have to go through the regional step and we won it. And then we went to international because we qualified to go and we won it. And it was like, wait, nobody wins on their first try. Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't happen. What was so great about it was we didn't have to do compulsories anymore. We could do vocal jazz. We could do whatever we wanted after that. And that just opened up doors that allowed us to have all kinds of creative freedom without having to compete anymore. All we do show off. Your rendition of Rhapsody in Blue stops me dead in my tracks every single time. If you haven't heard it, ladies and gentlemen, go Google it now. It is stellar. It's fantastic. And not only the arrangement, but the vocals. I always encourage people to remember that when we were recording Barbershop, even in the 90s, it was crummy recording. Like they did not understand how to record four people. I bet Analog. you guys- 
Yeah, all I thought you guys had a little bit of an upper hand with some of your, but you have what you have. You can record on what you can record on. When you listen to those recordings and they are as stellar as they are, it's just a reminder to me of, again, that kind of precision that acapella demands and can get captured on recording. I, I don't think you find it very many other places. You don't do things in one take or two takes or three takes or even take live takes and piece them together without some sort of like instrumental bass holding you together. That's right. Um, No, we were pretty prepared when we'd go into the recording facility and the Rhapsody CD, we recorded that whole recording in a basement (laughs) and it was all analog and there were very few edits. We really wanted to make it as seamless as possible because when you're working with analog tape, you had to cut it with Mm a razor blade and then snap it together with scotch tape. It was a big deal. So you just didn't want to have very many edits in it because it could sound crummy. So it's pretty natural. And even though there are flaws and I listen to it sometimes and I think, wow, with the technology now, we could have done that better or we could have re-recorded that one spot. There's always one spot, you know, in a song that you go, oh, I wish that wouldn't have been through. But most people don't notice it. And sometimes it's the, yeah, they're human. It's a human voice. And why can you do? I judge albums now by a human element. Like that's one of my things I listen for. I'm like, is there a human element to this album? Or does it feel like somebody is just washed over it with an (laughs) auto-tune? Yeah, no, no, no. No, we didn't even know about stuff like that. And actually we won a Kara Award. Well, it wasn't even a Kara then. It was the (laughs) Contemporary Acapella Society Award before it even was a thing. And (laughs) David won for the best arrangement of the Rhapsody and the CD won. So we were one of the first winners of that. We also tried to get an acapella category in the Grammys while we were together. We actually petitioned the Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences to get an acapella or a barbershop or some sort of a category because we entered the Grammys. We became members of the Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences and were voting members even and tried to get one, but they kept sticking us in the pop category, which, you know, you're there with Michael Jackson and everybody else. And so it was, there was no hope. But But at least now we have, there's one that's like acapella or instrumental. So we'll keep working on it. And now I think the only people that have won it is Pentatonix. And I think maybe Mark from Take Six maybe won something, but it still might have been in a different category for something completely random. It blows my mind (laughs) that we have all of these groups, the real group, but we have Take Six and we have Pentatonix, but then we have our own and our favorites and things. But I look at barbershoppers and I look at the number of albums that some of these quartets have put out and I look at famous musicians and I'm like none of you guys could have put out this many albums of this different quality and this caliber I'd stand by that I know I sound like a no I mean thank goodness for Casa yeah but thank goodness for Casa because they had the foresight to create a barbershop category and an acapella and a church music and all that so we might not be in the big leagues we also back in the days when they had record stores we tried to get an acapella place you know you'd go there and you'd see female groups groups but they didn't and I have believe anything. Jean and Wendy worked at a record store yes they did and I <laughs> so think they was it that record store I wonder <laughs> well we were trying to go national with it and some actually did put acapella recordings in one place but you know you'd go into a record store and you'd see gospel and you'd see rock and you'd see blues and all that but you didn't ever see 
a cappella, our music, ambiances, recordings were in record stores as well. So yeah, it just seemed like we fought a good fight. You know, <laughs> we're getting <laughs> we tried there though. To lead the way. That's right. We were definitely ahead of our time. And even though we were only together for nine years, our recordings are still out there. And I'm always amazed when I hear it played. It's really withstood the test of time. When you say we're ahead of our time, I often wonder if I could in a hundred years peek back and be like, oh, people are now starting to embrace barbershop sort of like they did Bach. You know, I mean, I just have this like, yeah. maybe it'll just like, all of a sudden it'll explode and be like, oh, see, we told you. Like, <laughs> Well, I think that Barbershop Harmony Society has, in particular, has done an amazing job of partnering with the American Choral Directors Association and various choral societies to get barbershop introduced in their choral programs in high school. And I think that's the step it's going to take. Once a kid gets hooked on hearing the sound of a ringing chord, I can't imagine that they're not going to want to do that for the rest of their life. Yeah, I mean, so I, true. Here I am. I did. <laughs> there I am. That's right. So let's go back to the chorus because, I mean, you've seen some success. So I'm sure everyone would like us to pick your brain about what it takes to make a chorus and keep it growing and keep it going. Yeah, I think that I always looked at it like a preacher in a congregation and you see him once, once a week and maybe a couple of times a week, but mostly once a week. And you have to inspire them to come back and give us your time and your money. And with that, they bring you their life experience and their problems. I think it's a lot of psychology and a lot of musical challenge, getting a good team around you that can do the work that you don't do. I'll share a little thing with you. I don't read music very well. I'm not a very good music reader. I can sight read, but that's only happened over time. I just can't sit down and plunk something out on the piano. And so- and I, it, I think people would be surprised to hear that a lot of barbershoppers are the same way. A lot of acapella people are the same way. We trust um, our ears. Exactly. We really do. We know what sounds consonant. We know what sounds good. And for every person like me, there's five people in your chorus that can jump down off the risers and plunk out that part. So I never had a problem with that. And I kind of come at it from a right brain perspective. I used to bring David in because he's such a left brain person and so analytical. He's a mathematician. So it's, it's just different. Another so one that you would never expect that he spends his life or spent his majority of his time teaching mathematics and talking about mathematics and teaching other people how to teach mathematics or how to be better at it. But he is one of our most prolific composers or I, I didn't say composer, but no, he, has composed. He, I mean, has he composed. has composed. He has written his own originals. But I mean, the portfolio that man has in the music world is incredible. I can't even imagine what his mathematical portfolio looks like. Well, he was chair of a department, so he <laughs> is pretty well respected in mathematics as well. And we don't always know that. He wrote a book on mathematics and music. He's got a class that he teaches that is about math and music and how it is interwoven, but it's totally from an analytical perspective. So when I need an analytic, I bring David into the chorus to coach. And then the rest of the time I'm teaching what's in the music, what feeling is, what's the emotion here, and how can we best get it across the footlights to the audience? So I think that's where our success was, is just trusting people around you. And we won regional 14 times with St. Louis Harmony. And then I retired and then I missed it. And then I thought, okay, some of the members of the chorus were coming to me and saying, you really have to be a director because we really miss you. And so I started a chorus in Harmony Incorporated called St. Louis Vocal Project. And that's where I am right now and loving it. Absolutely loving it. 
And it's not to say that you didn't love your other chorus. I mean, we talk about this all the time with our guests about how you outgrow something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that group is outgrown and, and it's okay. And knowing when it's time to step back and knowing when it's okay to say, I missed it and I want to come back. But there is something extremely rewarding from starting something from the ground roots. If we remember, she took over in St. Louis Harmony. That was already a a really well-established oil machine and that's fun and challenging all in itself. But when you start a new baby in kind of a new organization since you were moving from Sweet Adelines Mm -hmm. and and Harmony Incorporated and then a pandemic hits. So you've gotten all of the fun. uh, Oh, none of the fun. fun. We've been on 15 months of waste rest, I call it, you know. It's like, okay, let's get back to it. (laughs) Yeah, and we we did. We had to start back very slowly. We are meeting again with this second Delta thing coming up. We're masked up again. But yeah, it was so cool to hear it again after all those months of Zooming. You know, you can't sing on Zoom and nobody sings correctly when they're sitting in front of their computer. They're just kind of (laughs) marking it. You know, they're just kind of singing soft and muted so you can't tell. In fact, I don't even know if they were really singing. Their faces looked great. So, you know, <laughs> at least I know they were emoting. <laughs> but, well, that's good. Half my group, they're just like this. They turn off the camera. Oh, they're like, yeah, I'm doing it. No fair. Like, no, I can't see. I can't see you making the weird faces like the lady in the video is. I. This is the whole reason I picked But don't you, don't you I, find I mean, out that there will never be another snow day? There will never be another mystery no. ever again. It'll be a Zoom rehearsal. And what a terrible thing, because Amanda and I sing in a group that's called I want a snow day and like that's all we want people to hope for eventually the kids won't even know what that is that's so sad yeah truly I have to say thank goodness for the school systems they're sticking their feet down and saying no we get snow days so they're being very good about that all the rest of us directors that are just like nailing I don't know what's the word I want to say Amanda all of us really driven directors we're just gonna be jumping that's right that's there'll never Um, be another excuse not to have a rehearsal oh we'll get back there we'll we'll get back there as soon as contests come back I think people's brains will start turning on a little bit more yes you know when there's And we're seeing that in Bellanova in our Harmony Inc. chapter, mm-hmm. and we slowly have started to come back, and we're rehearsing outside, and we had planned to go to the Mid-Atlantic District and sing with our brother chorus there, and we got all excited about it for about two weeks, and then it was, mm, nope, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to go. that was us too. Yeah, but we were actually, we're unmasked. We are 100% vaccinated. That's amazing. Really took a lot of the pressure off. So it's all good. It'll come back. And just seeing in the few rehearsals that we've had back, everyone is excited to sing again. It's going to take us some time to, like you said, scrub off that vocal rust. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) And reminding our members that it's okay. Like we all are going through this. Even I, who felt like I was in pretty darn good vocal shape, realized how traumatic it was on my whole whole entire system, my mental system, but my voice as well. We may only be rehearsing for an hour, hour and a half now. That's okay. It's okay. We're getting so much done. I don't know about you, but in those short amount of time, because everybody shows up like, what can you give yeah, me in an hour? And, you know, it's probably um, better. It's fast food, but it might actually become the norm just because why do we stand on the darn risers or even flat floor for three hours? That's ridiculous when you can get it done in an hour and, <laughs> yeah, an and, hour you think, and a half. I, I think about these high 
high school groups, college groups. I think about other professional groups I've been in and no one requires as much practice time as my barbershop groups, especially. They're very, very driven. And I think sometimes you can over rehearse and maybe Zoom and maybe COVID and maybe this crazy pandemic has taught us work smarter, not harder. That's right. (laughs) And, And you can rehearse for three hours or you can rehearse for an hour and probably accomplish the same thing, especially if the chorus knows it. I think they pace themselves too. Now we don't have to pace ourselves. We just know full out for an hour and you're out of here or an hour and a half. For us, it's an hour and a half. And I think this leads me into my next thing that I wanted to talk with you about, Sandy. You have taught a few classes on care of the aging voice. I find it so helpful and so important, not just for people who are living with an aging voice, but for people who will have an aging voice. It's a muscle, but it deteriorates differently than a muscle. There's a lot more building of your biceps that you can do, but you can do the same thing for your voice. And we just had a guest last week who worked with patients who have Alzheimer's and dementia, as well as their caregivers. That muscle goes pretty quickly with the brain, Mm -hmm. but there are some very important things and there are some that everybody should be looking towards and looking at as singers. And I I would love for you to talk a little bit about that as well. Great. Well, I'll tell you a secret. I'm 72. And you'd never know it. No, she's not. There's no way. I I love it. And I'm still singing. And I'm still singing. And I'm still directing. And I'm still working at it. But the key is you have to use it or lose it. I mean, it's like any other muscle. And we've been on this 15 months of not really singing full out. So our breath support's gotten rotten. And our vocal mechanism, we've probably not been speaking diaphragmatically. I mean, you guys do because you're doing radio, but right. most people just kind of whisper around the house when they're around the house all day. They don't sing or speak with the right apparatus, with the right diaphragmatic push. We've lost a lot of that. And as you age, your vocal cords get calcified, just like arthritis. We People get think it gets thinner, but they actually get thicker. They get a thickening, a hardness to them. And that's something that people think, oh, as I get older, they get thinner. No, 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 no. no. It's not your hair. Actually, it's not no, your hair. You might sing on the thin side of your vocal cord, but that's your choice. You don't have to do that. Also, I, th- I think... What happens as our vocal cords atrophy a little bit, we lose a lot of that flexibility. We lose the mucus that's on there. That's why hydrating is like the most important thing a singer could ever do, especially an older singer. We have all kinds of medications that we have to take when you get older. (laughs) Vitamins. I mean, just in general, my vitamins, and I'm only 38 years old and my vitamins dehydrate me. So I can only imagine. All of that. Plus, as you get older, your posture probably sloops a little bit and sitting in front of a computer doesn't help you any. Uh, it all goes against your singing voice. So the best thing to do is to revitalize it. Do those. They're now they're the straw therapy thing is just yeah, which is the opposite so of what cool. Which is the opposite of what anybody who's aging is going to want to do. They're going to feel their voice slipping and they're going to be like I don't want to do it anymore. But I strongly encourage you, if you stop, you will lose so much more. And and it's not just from a physical standpoint. You'll lose it from the mental standpoint. Like what we forget that singing does for our brain chemistry and our nervous system. It works both sides of the brain. When you've got the melody on one side and you've got words on the other side and you put the melody and the words together, you're now firing on both sides of the brain. And that's what we as older adults need to do is to actually keep our minds going. Plus this little vagus nerve thing that's back here. (laughs) The vagus nerve controls everything about your voice. Everything. 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 
And you've got to keep that uh, thing moving. And I mean, it really needs to be fed with a lot of care as far as doing it a lot, walking and talking and, and using both sides of the brain when you move around. It's really that important. When you hear a pitch pipe, that vagus nerve sends a signal to your vocal cords to get to the right place, to get to the right size and length and everything. I mean, it's, and then the air that comes up from the diaphragm, if it isn't in good shape, if you don't have good lung power, you're going to start singing in spurts. You're going to have that little wobble at the end of the phrase. You're going to be scooping a little bit because you didn't hit what you thought you were going for. So all kinds of little things can creep in like that. The more you sing, heck, put on your favorite CD and sing along with it. Read billboards. That's what they do in broadcasting. They just read billboards all the way to work and just <laughs> just anything to keep your voice activated. And that's really, that's the key. It's just using it. And I wish more people, yeah. Chris and, and my age would listen to these tips too, because, you know, Chris and I are in our thirties and forties and I already feel it. I see it coming. I know that I have my full capacities now, but I see how it happens. And especially with this break, sometimes we'd come on and do these interviews at night and I realized I hadn't spoken a word all day. Yeah. I hadn't sung a word all day. But at this age, there are so many women that are raising kids, trying to find their career, and they just kind of let music go by the wayside. And then they want to do it again when they retire, when now they really need to be preparing their voice and keeping it up so they don't get back into it and are disappointed. Yeah. And it's not that the groups that would say go away. It's that when you enter a group and the average age is 10 years younger than you are, or 15 years younger than you are, or 20 years younger than you are, you start to go, oh, like, I don't know if I can do this. And the easiest thing to do is quit. And constantly I'm seeing people and I'm sure Sandy will know the the will versus skill charts. Yes, you know? absolutely. You know, so many people come in with that high will and they think their skills down, right? Because they're comparing themselves to people 30 years their junior. You got to remember your voice is yours and you get one of them. And you've got to remember if you took 20 years off, you got to that's a lot of practicing you That's have to right. do, but you can. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not I mean, impossible. you should be, you should be using steam. You should be bathing your voice in as much hydration, you know, yeah, as I possible. Completely it's undid, I completely undid a pre polyp or nodule on my vocal cords. Uh, we saw it, we saw it when I was a beginning teacher and my doctor just said, look, you need to drink over a gallon of water a day. I don't care what you do. He wanted me to only talk three hours as a beginning teacher. So I was like, Good I don't know there. what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got creative. I got creative on the bad days and you all can. And we have so many singers in this society in our groups that we know of who have survived vocal illnesses, but your voice is so personal and it's easy to give up on it. You've got to just remember. And you look at some of our aging, I mean, the stars, I mean, take six is not a young group. And they nope. are still out there performing. There's so and many. I mean, they're performing like they yes. sing full out like that's not just they do Amanda the has, nylons the right? nylons are still performing and i mean there's just there are so many groups that are still out there and it's because they treat age isn't an like, excuse no exactly. it is you know, not an excuse not. no 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 and i think as they age they let their voices kind of sit on their larynx and that's just so bad just get it up off your larynx and and ladies and sing higher come on ladies let me let you in on a secret doesn't make you accepted 
anymore in any other circles of the world if you no. talk like this. <laughs> it just doesn't. No. You'll be listened to how you talk, basically your intention of your words. So stop worrying about what your voice sounds like. You sound perfect and stop slamming your larynx down. And also stop talking in vocal yes. style, everyone. Please, what is this? Healthy. It's like a trend lately. I was watching <gasps> The Bachelorette the other night. I, I know Amanda knew I was going to watch it and I was watching it and all of them, they all talk oh, like this. Oh man. Yeah, it's just so unhealthy. Well, See, obviously not, I told you. They're not singers. <laughs> obviously they're not singers. But it's, it's really true. The way we talk will oftentimes preserve our voice for as long as we want it to. We just or it will wreck it as higher. fast as you can. Yes. I mean, and it's hard. I mean, you can talk wrong for two months and spend two years trying to fix it. Or you can start right now and now, make a change. For and women, we have the extra hormone thing too. And yeah. as we age and as we go through menopause, which a lot of aging singers eventually do, you might have your hormones checked. I mean, I'm on hormone replacement therapy and I can't tell you how great it is. It right? really does keep your voice young. There's a reason that you need those hormones. Yes. And unfortunately, you become deficient. And thank you, modern medicine. We can hopefully, Hooray but you can also science. do it in a very natural yes. way. Science. Yes, yes, yes. You can do it in very natural ways, too, because there's so much in our world that create those exact hormones that you need. But Sandy is living, breathing proof, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. even men get deficient in hormones and they have a tendency to take all those. Well, they drink beer and they do all the things that suck up all of your fluid in your body and anything that's a diuretic, you're going to pee out and you just don't want to do anything to your body, put anything in it that's going to go right back out yeah. again. And I look at our voice as the same as an Olympic athlete or even a just an uh, amateur we're athlete. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get up one day and say, I'm going to go run 10 miles. <laughs> I'm going to do it. But we do get up and say, I'm not going to warm up and I'm going to go hours. sing. <laughs> For, right. for three Just hours. Slam those vocal cords together. What the heck? Yeah. You got to set your expectation, you know, where it is, like what you're providing your voice versus what you're expecting. Don't, um, don't eat before you it. go to sleep. Otherwise, you'll get reflux. That's going to do it too. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of habits that we get into. Those are vocal cord wreckers. We just don't need that. We have to be vocal athletes. I hate to cut off the conversation there, but Sandy, just in 30 minutes, you have been so informative. And I hope that everyone listening will take the time to learn more and just benefit from your many years of experience and all of the wisdom that you're always so generous in giving all of the barbershop community and everyone around you. So we're so appreciative that you shared it with us today. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to hear you singing in person. I again. will be. I feel it. It'll be happening soon. You know, it might be 2022 and we will do our best, but we're here for it. And I can't and may wait. And I just remind people that Ambiance has a Facebook page and we're just dumping any videos and audios in there. And so if you're just curious about what we used to look like when we were young and good, <laughs> then just go to Ambiance Quartet on Facebook and like us. Oh my gosh, go treat oh, yourself, listeners. Please go treat yourself. Well, I think that's it for this week. So we will see, see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.